Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Friday, July 1st, 2022. This concludes the first half of the year. Depending on your work schedule, the long holiday weekend may be ramping up. 1643, England convenes a meeting of leading theologians and members of Parliament to discuss church issues. This was in part to answer criticisms of the Puritans. Here we begin to see the formation and differences between the Church of England and the Church of Scotland. Now, before you think this is irrelevant here in America, we have our version of both. The Episcopal Church is the American Church of England, and the Presbyterians are the Church of Scotland. Lexel's comet passes closer to Earth than any other in recorded history, passing just 1.4 million miles distant. After its passing, it has not been observed again and is assumed lost. Comets do have a lifespan. They are believed to be bits of ice, rock, and metal left over from the origins of the solar system. There is some speculation there will be none left in another 10,000 years. This begs the question of how many and how large would they have to have been if the solar system is billions of years old. And here we are in the last few years of comets, at least in long Earth worldview. A couple of years before Darwin's Origins of Species, his preliminary writings and those of Alfred Russell Wallace were read in London in 1858. Wallace was also a student of the natural world. His works inspired Darwin. Wallace was at least agnostic, like many of the proponents of said theory. This realm of discussion is highly based on one's worldview, which is slightly more encompassing than simply saying theology. Folks want to appear intellectual and deal only in facts, but nothing in the origins discussion is truly scientific as it is not observable nor repeatable. At best, we can observe a limited set of points and by extension make projections forward and backward into history. But that is limited by the assumptions we make. Two known points can predict a line, but not a plane or a solid object. The Battle of Gettysburg begins rather by accident on this day in 1863. Two years into the war, General Lee is leading his army further into northern territory than at any time. This is often called the high watermark of the Confederacy. At the end of the first day, it is amazing how close Lee got to a major victory. He just did not have the resources to push that advantage. After Gettysburg and the simultaneous fall of Vicksburg, Mississippi, the Confederate cause is lost. It is only a matter of coming to accept that end. Another famous, though less well-known battle happened on this day in 1898. During the Spanish-American War, the Battle of San Juan Hill is fought in Cuba. The battle is closely connected to later President Theodore Roosevelt. Another important cavalry commander at San Juan Hill was former Confederate Joseph Wheeler, who had been a general in the Civil War. Pianist Thomas A. Dorsey is born in 1899. Not to be confused with the trombonist, this Dorsey was a blues composer. Of his 300 pen songs, a full third were gospel, including Take My Hand, Precious Lord, and Peace in the Valley. The early German Luftwaffe scores the first known aerial victory in a machine gun mounted on an aircraft in 1915. Early experiments with guns mounted on aircraft had encountered problems. It seemed simple just to mount a machine gun in front of the pilot, but firing a weapon through the propeller encountered some issues. Some bullets got past the prop and some struck it. Fire enough and the propeller is gone, 
not a workable situation. There's amusing among pilots that the propeller is to keep the pilot cool. If it stops, he starts sweating. The Germans figured out how to sink the rotation of the propeller to the firing of the gun, so the bullets missed. The first vestiges of United Airlines begin service in 1931. Actor Jamie Farr is 88 today. He was a Korean veteran and had emceed for Red Skelton on a Korean tour. Farr had acted prior to Army service, but had not gotten a break. Skelton liked the young actor and was key in keeping him in the business, but roles were not steady. He was hired to appear in a single episode of MASH in 1972. Producers liked what they saw, and he was invited back for a few appearances before landing a permanent role. Wally Amos began his working career as a secretary in a talent agency before working up to an agent. He is reported to have signed Simon and Garfunkel and represented Marvin Gaye and Diana Ross. One of his gimmicks was to send cookies to prospective clients. It was suggested he should sell the cookies. With funding from Marvin Gaye and Helen Reddy, he opened Famous Amos Cookies. Amos is 86 today. Popular as a contemporary Christian singer and songwriter in the late 70s and early 80s, Andre Crouch was born in 1942. Singer Debbie Harry of the rock group Blondie is 77. She remains active in the entertainment industry. Actor Dan Aykroyd is 70 today. Lady Diana Spencer was born in 1961. Zip codes are introduced in the United States in 1963. Besides accounting for larger cities which have more than one post office, the five-digit code simplified mail sorting. Recall that mail was largely sorted by hand at the time. Canada gets its first color television transmission in 1966. Seamus Egan, American-born Irish singer and songwriter, is 53. Actress Liv Tyler is 45. She had a major role in the Lord of the Rings trilogy and has continued to act and sing since. She's the daughter of Aerosmith lead man Steven Tyler. Sony introduces the Walkman in 1979. The PG-13 rating is introduced in 1984. The basic note is what is acceptable has slipped greatly in the past few decades. WFAN Radio is launched in 1987 in New York City. It is the first all-sports format. That's history and comment for the first day of July. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go and do something worth remembering.